So I was recently going through my podcast and I realized that the last time I recorded anything was in 2019. And I just thought that was so dick because you deserve more than that from me. And that's exactly what this season's going to do for you. We're going to give, we're going to be go-givers, not go-getters. And so I'm back home. I'm with my man, Lee, Jambox Studio. I have to say, I am so sorry for being away from home for so long. Do you forgive me? Mm, go think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Woo. <laughs> it's a crazy day today. I woke up. I had a really nice deep meditation. I walked to the window and I just saw all this beautiful snow all across Park Slope. And it's just so clean. It was so white. It was so peaceful. And it was just magical. And I was excited today because I was coming here to see Bess Friedman, who I haven't seen in a while. And uh, <laughs> I'm looking at her right now. I mean, the energy is always so special and just off the chain. She came in today. She's got her staple look. She's got her hoops on. <laughs> Gents, watch out. She always looks beautiful. You know what? You look like one of those Hollywood stars that's just ageless, that oh like God. defies all logic. Oh my God, I'm leaving because that's all I need. I'm out <laughs> It's insane, isn't it? You, Every time you see her, she looks more oh, beautiful. I mean that. Thank you, Danny. That's so nice. So it's been a couple years. A lot's happened since the last time we actually sat down and talked. And I just wanted to get back into the studio and just you know, talk to you. Tell me what's been going on. Tell me what the last few years have been like. And I figured we can just talk without a plan and just let things happen organically and just let that magic take place. Yeah, well, first of all, King Nass, uh, it's great to see you and Lee this morning. Um, it has been a rough last couple of years for a lot of people. Teenagers, we were talking about that, hard being locked in, COVID, you know, kind of taking hostage of everyone for the last two years. Um, a lot of people went dark. I know a lot of people got depressed, started drinking, eating, not taking care of themselves. Um, and so we're in a new place. And I'm so glad more than anything that you're back because you know, the world needs your light. You're such a force, such a good human being and someone who takes care of people. And you know, I'm glad to see you back in the studio doing this. I appreciate that so much. And thank you so much for saying that. It's really kind. It's very sweet. But, you know, I've so many times have been in different social environments with you where I may be across the room and I see you walk in and I see people just so attracted to your energy as soon as you walk in that they immediately start moving towards you. And I've, and I've seen you work a room in, in, a, in a beautiful, wonderful way. And uh, the way you carry yourself, I can only wish you know my daughters could turn out to be a third oh, like you. God, I really mean Thank that. You so much. Uh, I came over to you. You know, we were respectfully you know, poaching one another, not poaching, excuse me, courting one another because yeah. you're not a poacher. And, uh, and I came to you. I moved my business to you, not to BHS, to you. Right. And uh, I'm really glad that I did. It was one of the best business decisions I've ever made in my life. We're lucky to have you. You know, you when you and I first met, I think we met at a at a Rebney event, and uh, you know, I was like, who is this guy? He's like very magnetic, he's smart, he's got a sense of humor, he's got pizzazz, you know, different than the typical real estate uh, person that you would meet and so you and I just like there was an energy a connection chemistry and we kept talking and I was so excited when you joined us because you bring something different to the company you know every agent has their own sort of flavor or style but you bring something really I find unique and I think that that was a real blessing for the company to have you thank you it's the truth well I I'm think, dropping the truth today that's I, it I think you're the blessing though and we'll talk about the fact God. that you know you became CEO over the time that yeah. has passed by which was a huge accomplishment and you know it takes tremendous leadership like we were texting this morning 
and I was asking you how your commute was because it was snowing outside, and you texted me back that you were taking the subway. And I took the subway also. I take the subway all the time. But I want to tell you what that means to me. Yeah. But I don't know if you'll understand it from my point okay, of view. My me. perspective of you taking the train, I feel, is just such a humble representation of everything that you are and everything that you say you are. You're the only person I've met in my life professionally, I'm 44 years old, that says what they mean and does what they say. And I mean that. I would literally walk through fire if you were like, I need you to walk through that fire. And I tell people all the time that I would ne- there's a specific company that poaches the shit out of everybody. Yeah. I'm not gonna mention its name because it's not worth mentioning the name. They call me all the time and I tell them all the time, leave me alone. I'm not interested. I'll never come over. Not that our company would ever be sold to them. Uh, I still wouldn't go to that company. That's how much I dislike it. But I did say to Sarah Rotter recently, the only way in hell that I would ever go there is if you told me, let's go there, (laughs) which is the point of my story. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Listen, you know, um, listen, Danny, you, you know, we're in this weird cultural time in society where it's like, you ha- you know, people are looking for you to make a mistake, you know, that whole cancel culture or outrage culture that we live in. And, you know, look, we're human and we are imperfect, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I thank you so much for that compliment. You know, I, you know, I like simplicity. I always love the subway. I like getting, you know, around. I like doing those sorts. I walk to work a lot. Um, and I'm not, you know, look, we are all flawed. And so we all have pluses and minuses. Um, and we're all trying to evolve and make ourselves better, but that's a huge compliment to me. I can't, you know, it made me a little bit emotional, I have to say. Thank you for saying that. You know, well, I appreciate it. I that. mean it, and I appreciate you receiving it. I think, like, in the past, there's been times that I was, like, genuinely, like, I felt like giving you compliments that I really felt because I really just don't <laughs> give them out, like, in that way. Thank and you so uh, much, I feel like man. sometimes you have a hard time catching the ball, but today you're doing that. So <laughs> I was going to call you out on it. I don't need to because I'm like feeling that you're accepting it. So thank you. I just want you guys to know like how comfortable this is. We're sitting in a beautiful studio right now. Um, I love the T-shirt. Oh, this is one of my favorite. So, you know, one of my favorite shows and people, I love Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Javon knows this, like we talk about, we talk about his shows, but. I hope you don't get in trouble in this uh, climate saying I'm that. not, well, no, I, I, you listen, you can change the channel. Some, yeah. you know, comedy is personal. It's like food. I love George Carlin. I love Eddie Murphy, but Chappelle is my like genius God of everything. And I love, I love Seinfeld was a show for me that like I still watch. I loved everything that Larry and Jerry did together. That was fantastic. But Dave Chappelle, his show his show was transformative, The Chappelle Show. And I think I he's it. so intelligent. He's so brilliant. And look, some people get offended, but that's up to them. Like, then they can watch something else. I just think he resonates with me. Um, he brightens my day. When I don't feel, like, great or whatever, I watch it over and over. Different His equanimity, I love that one. His stand-up. He's genius to me, and I can have that. That's my choice. We live in a democracy. You can like what you like. I like what I like. I really think he defines love. I I think he's really a loving person. And I love your socks today. I like that you took (laughs) off your winter boots. I like that you're sitting on the couch. You got your socks on. I feel like we're about to get like some popcorn and like watch some shit on TV. I want to be comfortable. Listen, I'm comfortable. I'm in the stew. I'm in the stew. As my son says, I'm in the stew. I told Lee today, I said, listen, we're going to change it up this season. I'm going to sit on this side, and I want the guests to sit on the couch and comfy side because that's how you really get people talking. Lee just put a pillow under my feet, so this is actually anybody who's going to sit down with King Nass, just so you know, you're going to be very comfortable. Take your shoes off. You're on the sofa. I mean, life is just good. So, you know, in regards to COVID real quick, you just touched on that. And I think the positive thing that came out of it, uh, for me, for sure, like my circle definitely got much, much smaller. Mm. And uh, I definitely isolated myself a little bit. But I think with that came a lot of meditation, a lot of mindfulness, a lot of uh, self-reflection. And I think a lot of good things came out of it. And I think like if you're married and, you know, your marriage survived it and, you (laughs) know. Some didn't. Yeah, if you're seriously, if you're a mom, your dad, and or, or a single mom, and and you have children, and you made it through, I mean that's such an amazing accomplishment that you were able to do that, that you're able to succeed. 
Um, I want things to go back to normal or better than what it was before because right now in some ways I find it very um, unrecognizable. But what I do is I spend my time focusing on people that I love and being present and just, you know, just, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to express it. I just, something inside of me got just a lot more quiet, a lot more comfortable. Um, there was things that I felt like weren't authentic about me that I wanted to adjust, which I have, and I've been working on. And that was part of, you know, getting off of social media for a year, you know, like I just started reading a ton of books again. I was reading Wayne Dyer, like one of my favorite authors in the world. Yeah. And, um, I was reading Rumi. I was reading the Tao Te Ching. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, the books, they became my friends, you, you know? You have, listen, remember the brain needs, just like the body, we have to do physical stuff, go to the gym. If you meditate or work out, the brain needs that just as much. By the way, you look great. What are you doing? Ooh. <laughs> Um, I just do my, I, I, you know, I like to box. I have a boxing coach who I work out with. His name is Udi. Um, he's, he's the man he's from Israel and he, um, works out with me in front of my building and I go to the gym and I walk a lot. One of my favorite things to do is, and Paul and Ann hooked me up with this. He told me about it is like the reservoir, you know, in central park, mm -hmm. do a little bit of exercise around there, walking, running, whatever it is. So just, you know, being physical, you know, I'm not yeah. lifting weights. That's for sure. Not too many anyway. Yeah. You know what they say? The heaviest weight at the gym is the front door. Yeah. You just got to get in there. Yeah. You just got to get in. That's the biggest challenge. Even if you do 10 minutes of something, you do 10 minutes of something, you feel good. Yeah. I mean, I just like walk so much. Like I do, honestly, I average like 17 to 20,000 steps a day. So I'm almost at like 10 That's miles what every day. I mean, they say you should do at least 10. So you're doing yeah. double so what I you do need So I do double to. that. I really like started like adjusting with the diet. I feel so old right now. I can't believe we're talking about our diets. You're not, listen, diet is important in any age, you know, and how you take care of yourself inside, you know, reflects on the outside. So you, you look good too, Nas. You're Thank looking you. good. I don't want to talk too much about business, but I do want to say with regards to BHS, just yeah. to follow kind of like our last conversation here um you know i went to bhs because of you and i went there because i felt like i was going there to get the steak but i walked away with the fucking cow <laughs> That's and i have to say i feel like you know for the people that are out there and i'm not going to talk about business this is not in any shape, way, or form what I wanted this podcast to be about, but I do wanna say, I think it's really just a disservice uh, for buyers and sellers out there to work with any company other than ours. The fact that we're private, I think, what makes me feel so good about that is that we can still make you feel like your family. Yeah. And I think when you're making these tremendous financial decisions, that you need to be with people that you can trust and that you can count on. And I feel like that is exactly what you're gonna find at Brown Harris Stevens. I mean, what a difference, you know, the last few years of you stepping in as a CEO, the leadership, uh, the generosity of your time, I think is what impresses me the most. You're very, very generous with your time. And, and anytime you say you're gonna do something, you do it. I Except mean, for recently, I did have to, we were supposed to go out, remember with Sarah? Well, that one thing I had to reschedule. Mm -hmm which we'll do, because I do try, I mean, we were gonna go out and have a little bit of fun. That was like, you know, a play date. But yeah. um, it's, you know, the, I agree with you about the private versus public. I do, listen, every company is different and some companies work, you know, for others. And culturally, we wouldn't be aligned with other people who have different mindsets. But if you want a place where service is first, you take care of people, you have great support, we're the right place. I mean, we don't have the incredible resources of like a huge public company, but you know, for us, profits is not a purpose. It just isn't. Yes, we want that to be a byproduct of all the good stuff we do, yeah. but we don't just say, okay, how much money are we? You know, so it's it's a different, it's very much a community place yeah. with a lot of people who care about each other. And it's a great company, imperfect, yeah. I always say that, but a lot of pluses. It's so crazy, you know, uh, I was l just at a listing appointment, I want to say like two days ago, we just got this listing and Mazel. thank you. The guy, our client is moving to Australia 
and uh, you know he's got to move a lot of shit out fast. Yeah. yeah. So there were certain items like you know like plates and and clothes and shoes that he didn't want, and you know most of the time you call Salvation Army for example, but I stopped doing that because when you give it to Salvation Army, they end up like going into a retail store, a retail store, and then selling it to people that actually don't need it. Yeah. And so I think one of the most spectacular things about Park Slope since I moved over there and I you know we took a full floor in a brownstone. Nice. Yeah. I love the slope. Love it. But I think the coolest thing about it is the people who live there like all their extras the stuff they don't use anymore they literally just put it out on a stoop and it's like the whole community the whole city is just trading, you know, like another, you know, one person's trash is another person's treasure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right. So I told this client, I said, whatever you want, yeah. that you're going to give to Salvation Army. I'm like, I bought a pickup truck. I'm like, I'll come over to your house, throw it in my cab, and I'll go put it on my stoop so at least people we'll get who it. actually need it. need it will get it, you That's know? That's so fantastic. And I'm telling you this story not to like, you know, yeah. juice myself up. I'm telling you because the guy, yeah. it was like he was fucking stunned that like somebody would take time out of their day to come over there to pick up these boxes yeah. to drive it back to Brooklyn and to put it that out. That you're doing that. Right. You're and willing to do that. I think that's at the core of yeah. what you're saying though, which is like, look, that's you know, right. it's not about us. It's about you. That's right. And we comprehend that. It's yep. your blood, it's your sweat, it's your tears. Are yep. we gonna come in and give it a hundred percent and give it everything yep. we got? Are we gonna get it done? Of course we are. I don't care about other public companies having these extra resources because to me that's all white noise. We have everything we need right here to get the job done, which is why since 2017, I think I just read this email. We're 80 percent higher in volume. Yeah, we're doing 220. Yeah, we're we're like doing an incredible. The business. Listen, I have to. We also have to recognize that 2021 was a historic year for everybody. Everybody made money. There was pent up demand. People were locked in, returned to cities. You know, we had the vaccine a year ago. So like, you know, all that stuff made. It was like a big bowl of incredible business. Let's just put it that way. So now it's switched in New York City. It's a seller's market. You know, we're seeing prices go up. So we're going to get back to it. Well, it'll be a good market. But we had an incredible 2021. And the company grew. We merged with Halstead, all this stuff. We have Connecticut now. We have New Jersey. Lots of good things for the company. But we are, as you say, I always say, luxury service. Not luxury price, meaning it has to be expensive. It's just luxury in the sense that I'm taking care of you. That's right. You're taking care of your clients, and we're there for you. And so that is something that is special in today's world. So you became CEO, mm -hmm. and from the outside, I think that's a lot of pressure. I, I feel it, and I see it. Yep. Uh, you handle it like such an elegant, graceful <laughs> person. <laughs> Don't get uncomfortable. No, I'm saying you haven't seen like you see, you only see, listen. I see you on TV regularly. Yeah. I see you on emails. I see you on calls. I see you in person. I see you everywhere. Everywhere. I'm ubiquitous. And you do it with more energy than anyone I've ever seen. Oh man. So, I just want to know like what happened for you? Like what changes came? the peaks, the valleys of, you know, becoming a CEO? Was there anything unexpected? Were there any, you know, bad times where you're like, fuck, like, what did I do? Like, I, I need to hear some real grimy, real shit. No, I mean, listen, I have certainly made uh, plenty of mistakes, you know, and had challenges, and I'm learning. I'm an, I'm an eternal student of this process, you know? So I have a great, the team is incredible. So I rely greatly on them and having the right people. The one thing that was helpful was removing some people that had been here a long time who were kind of complacent and uh, not helping and not focused on service and taking care of people. So we hired some new people. Um, the one challenge or the biggest challenge was doing the combination of Halstead with Brown Harris during the pandemic. We were in complete lockdown and it was like we were, you know, the owners were like, do you think you can do this? Would you, you know, combine? And I was like, so I talked to Diane and Hall and they were like, on board, we can do this, we can do this. So we did it. But it was a challenge. Bringing two companies, two cultures together takes time. And so that has been a challenge. Um, but I think we've come out of that in a really good way. Still work to do. Um, there's challenges every day. You know, there's always, I mean, some days are better than others, but it's trying to keep everybody optimistic, focused, and everybody doing what they need to do. Well, how does best keep optimistic? You know, um, I'm like you in a way. Like, I am very into reflection. 
and uh, meditation, taking care of myself, and realizing all I have is like right now while I'm sitting here, this is all I got. I just want to say I'm nowhere on your level, but I you're up. You of course you're I, on my level. No, I'm not. Everybody is. We're all like. No, I'm saying like, I'm, my goal is to be and to carry myself much like you do. I mean that. Danny, what are you talking about? You're you carry yourself. Everybody has their own flavor. Okay. You know, you got. I don't have all. I appreciate that, but I'm, I'm saying your flavor is like on another level. No, come listen. Yeah, it is. Lee, yeah, it what's is. he talking about? He's right. He's Lee, do, <laughs> Lee, do, Lee, do you Lee, do you feel it? Right, yes, yes. You feel it, right? Yeah, in this room right now? Say, There's yeah. an energy that Lee. comes with her. There's a no, light listen, listen. that comes with her. Come on. No, listen. It's like you were saying, being present, you know, it's what we have I mean, I always it's like right now is all we got. You know, we can think about yesterday and that's all good and hope for the future and get excited about stuff, but it's it's like we got we have right now. So you know what? Do all the good that you can while you can. Take care of people. Be kind. I always say we have to do something, you know? Do something. Help somebody. So I'm going to tell you a crazy story right now. Why, Lee? I don't know. A few years ago, uh, my daughter uh, was dropping off her friends at the subway. And uh, she was at the, like, leaving them. They got on the train and they left. And she was leaving to go out of the turnstile. Um, some guy grabbed her, okay? My daughter was 14 at the time. And uh, he grabbed her by the arm. And so you're thinking to yourself, why did she yell? Why did she do something? She froze. She panicked. She's a kid. This is like a grown man. She said to me, she goes, Mom, I thought he had a knife. I thought he was going to hurt me. I was scared. He has her by the arm, and he's like walking with her towards the train, like the, where the train comes. And the next train comes. He pulls her on the train with him. He pulls her. Oh, my God. Even when I say this, it's hard for me to get down into this story. It's so scary when you live in the city, you know. But I'm he sorry. pulls her on the train with him. And so I'm thinking, where's people? What? It's like the Kitty Genovese case. If you're familiar with that, this woman got attacked. This is in the 60s, I think, or early 70s, and people watched it, and she was killed, and nobody did anything. So... Uh, she's on the subway. This guy's holding her. She's got her head down. She, she's just crying, and he's holding her by the arm. People are, she said, there's not a lot of people, but they're looking at their phones. A few stops later, a woman gets on, and she looks. She's staring at my daughter, and she says, do you know this man? Because she can see my daughter's crying. My daughter just does this, shakes her head no. She screams, you let go of her right now. No, no, no. The oh guy lets go of my daughter. He runs off into another train. The woman, the next stop, gets off with my daughter, escorts her off, and just says, go call your mom. I obviously go down and pick her up, yada, yada. But my point is this, and I'm sorry I had to get into that. No, it's okay. Do something. My point is do something. You have an opportunity every I'm not saying to be a vigilante, but when you see something, imagine what my life, my family's life would be like if that lady didn't recognize. I don't even want to think about People lose loved ones, they get hurt, all this stuff. You can help. Sometimes people are sick in the head and they, you can help, you can do something. Give somebody a seat when they need it. Mm -hmm. You know, buy somebody a sandwich, look at them, pay attention. That's what it's about. We're all each other's brothers and sisters and connected in a weird way and like show up for people. That's my point, I guess. I'm grateful, like deep down, like, you know that and so i you got to do that for others you know pay it for it. my parents were like that they took care of everybody they picked up hitchhikers bought them bus tickets that's what life is about is like taking care of each other yeah. we got to do that if i could say one message in the world we got to take care of each other and listen stop labeling and demonizing people and saying canceling them you know what we got to understand what's going on it's like we don't know i wasn't born no like you don't know everything so let's have conversations educate me on what i don't know you know what i mean it's yeah. like the whole culture is shifting and we need to have honest conversations and leave room for error and mistakes right so I don't know why I got into that story. I don't know where that came from. It's a good story. But my daughter doesn't it's like me to tell story. it. I say good story, meaning like I think it's important for people to hear, and I appreciate you sharing that. It's such a personal, heavy story. She um, gets mad. She doesn't like me. She won't. She gets no, freaked out. We, she we, doesn't like me no, to talk about it. People have to be aware. You know, my daughter's 14. We moved to Park Slope. Yeah. She goes to school in the city at Bard, and that's all the way on uh, East yeah, Houston. So you can imagine how Jesus. me and Lauren felt because now we have to let her take the train from Brooklyn to Manhattan, then jump on a bus and then head over to school at Bard. 
And so, you know, the first week we went with her just so she felt secure enough to do it. Honestly, as a dad, did I feel like she was like mature enough at the time to do this? No, I didn't. Um, but, you know, that's what it is to live in a city. That's what it, you know, these are the things you have to let go. You talk to people like out on Long Island or in yeah. the suburbs, they'll be like, you let your kids go on the train, you know, and um, it's a scary thing. And, and we've trained her to say something. Um, I always tell her not to make eye contact in certain situations because you, you have, look, ever since this pandemic, I always am in a cart and somebody comes in that's, you know, mentally ill. Yeah, happens. and And God bless them. And, like, I, I wish them nothing but, like... No, but the majority of our homeless, at least, you know, are, are suffering from mental illness yeah. and need help, you know? And so they scream in your face, some of them, you know? So I just said, don't make eye contact. If you feel uncomfortable, come out of the cart, go to the next car. Get off. So I've gotten off stops where I was, like, yeah. uncomfortable with what was going yeah. on. I've said, you know what, I'll just get off at this I one. really felt your pain just now yeah, when I'm you sorry. were sharing that. No, what are you saying you're sorry for? I'm glad you shared that with me because I, we need to just be more alert and, and vigilant with these things, you know? Like, I have my iPhone app. I, I watch from when she leaves to when she gets on the train, yeah, and I make sure I she gets home. Like, yeah. what am I going to do? You're she like, think, locate, like, you need to know location. Yeah, locate her on the reg. Yeah, I do that like, She thinks I'm fucking crazy, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I fucking love you. What do you want me to do? I'm your daddy. You're my baby. You're my firstborn. I'm not going to fucking see where you are. Like, that's it. It's going to happen. You got to, you know, it's, it's, the thing is, is part of being a parent is letting go and, and letting that risk, you know, it's like letting them go off into the world and, um, and do what they have to do and make their own mistakes, you know, and that's part yeah. of the hard part of being a parent. Yeah. You know, we we're talking about social media a little bit before yeah, and, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, getting off, for example, like I got off for about a year and, um, it was a nice change for me. And, you know, did we, you we, miss it though? Let's tell. Like, were um, you? Did you like wake up and go feel like? Because it's it's literally they call it like a slot machine. You put something in and you pull and you're waiting to see what's gonna happen. That's what social is. Like you you're looking to see how many likes did somebody say? What's somebody doing? It's yeah. like you get your mind set for that. I just think it becomes. I don't want to call it an addiction more than I want to call it a very bad habit. It's a treadmill of you can never get off. Right. So I stopped. I got rid of it. It was you know during COVID. Yeah. You know all the the rioting. You know. Honestly, at the time we were living um, in the East 20s, I didn't even feel comfortable. I literally, like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I bought a knife and just kept it in my pocket, like, just when I was walking those days. Because, wow. like, I feel like for me, where we were, yeah. like, in the East 20s over there, it was getting super dicey. I heard that there were a lot of people just out and about. Yeah, especially, like, like East Villagey. It's always hard. Listen, when people are challenged economically and all this stuff going on and, you know, all this, there was a lot of controversy. There was that, you know, we had the murder of George Floyd. There was yeah. enormous pain in the country. You yeah. could feel it. You remember the day, you, I remember the, the day after George Floyd. I remember sitting around, I was at the dinner table with my son and my daughter, and I was caught up in work, and I caught up a little bit late. I heard, learned about the George Floyd murder in the morning. And then then I like was like talking to some friends and sat around the dinner table, and I said, what? I started talking to my kids, because every night was a discussion. That's what COVID gave us, was discussions. And I said, what? happened with this i couldn't believe the video i said what happened guys my daughter's head went back and she just started crying in pain and i said oh my god this is cr like you could feel the country was like in pain yeah and all of that is like that's part of what you're like people walking around angry is because there's pain in the air people crazy. are feeling not seen and not heard and so people are reacting very to that. angry yeah very, there, i mean there was there was mask shaming going on on the streets there were a lot of altercations and you know shortly after the rioting happened and you know soho got hit like i remember jumping on a revel uh with my daughter yeah. you know we were just like cruising around there was no cars there was yeah no yeah there the was streets. no traffic you know we threw on some masks got on the revel yeah just kind of drove around to see you know what my city was looking like yeah very sad <laughs> i almost got emotional yeah. just now it almost had I, I, obviously no comparison but 9-11 uh, it had a 9-11 feel downtown yeah. it really did and if you were here for 9-11 yeah i was it, here i remember you, that felt yeah. like 9-11 there's a there are a few days that you like remember you always remember that 9-11 feeling yeah. uh, i'll and, never forget that i lost my best friend that day oh, he was with canner and fitzgerald on the 105th floor i'll never forget that day i'll never forget it and i feel bad for anyone that is suffering now that went to rescue that is getting sick and dying and not getting any help. 
But yeah, you it's know, another John story. Stewart went to uh, Washington to argue to get help for people who suffered from, you know, getting illness and post-traumatic and all these things. I mean, we got it. There's again back to what taking care of each other. Yeah. You know, emotionally, financially. So that's what it was. You know, the world got ugly. Um, you know, most of my followers that I had at that time were people that I didn't know, and it was like you know people from a long time ago and. Um, you know, there was people like, you know, opening up accounts under my name, using my kids' pictures and things like that. And I just... I just don't understand yeah, that. Like, I just got... Takes I had the enough. time to do some sort of... That's what I call so Michigas. I got off. That's I got crazy. Off. I got off for a year. I read a lot of books. We're talking about that. I, I think that's a great. That's nourishment for you. Yeah. It's like reading that. Sometimes you have to hit low to go back up yeah. to high. And that's where you, you recharge yourself. You built a new you. I think early on I read like, I swear to God, I must have read like 25 books. I'm like, Lauren, I put down this fucking bullshit and I read 25 books. I'm like, can you imagine how much time I waste on social media when I could sit here and read? You know what the other thing so was good. too? Like, so I, good that you did that. I really thought like I would get business out of it, but the amount of business that I honestly got off my social media, and, yeah. I've, and I've spent... Yeah. Upwards of thirty thousand dollars in marketing, no bullshit, you know. That's between a lot of between like a media company, between like just different yeah. avenues I was using, yeah. and the bottom line was all my business, everything that I have, everything yeah. that I've done so far, it. has all been someone that I know that's in my war market, or someone that they know, or someone sure. that's a repeat client. It's your network. So. And then I realized, you know what? There's a lot of big players out there that have zero fucking presence, you know, yeah. that are huge brokers. And I was like, why the fuck am I wasting my time? I don't need this bullshit. I really don't. Listen, you don't need social media. Is... However, I'm back on now. <laughs> <laughs> on private. <laughs> Less exactly. than 100 people. <laughs> no, listen, social media, you can be incredibly successful in real estate. You don't. Social media is good for some people. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know what? You don't need that. You have your relationships, your connections. Keep it. You have a family, too. So some things are sacred. Yeah. You know, and so you don't need. And I'm glad that you took that year and you read and you did all that. That's yeah. great. It's it's built a better you. I think so. And I feel that way. So thank you. You guys, I wish you were in here right now. <laughs> I am looking at Bess Friedman. Her fucking smile, man. Oh, God, you're crazy, It's man. fucking crazy, crazy, man. If you guys are in here, man, I, I don't even know what to say, man. It's just if I Look talk anymore, I'm just going to sound dumber and dumber. No, you're not dumb. Please, <laughs> stop saying that, Nass. Stop saying that. Yo, Nass. Yo, Nass. King Nass. You know, I haven't smoked in June. It'll be three years. I didn't know that you even smoked. Yeah, I used to smoke a pack a day. Of cigarettes? Cigarettes. I didn't even know people smoke cigarettes anymore. But I do That's, smoke cigars with my I best friend, Vince. Too. By the way, shouts out to my man Vince and Lexi, his beautiful wife. They moved out to Tannersville. They tied up their tin boots. They're buckling up. They're working on building an incredible company which will eventually get them to this show. So shout out to you guys. I love you guys. What are they are they they smoke cigars? They don't smoke cigars. I can't drop what they're doing okay. yet until I have their permission, but they, got, this is one of my best friends. I got some cigars for you, by the way. I have two. Thank you. Okay. I like cigars. I have two best friends, yep. and they're brothers. Oh. So one of them recently moved to Tannersville with his, recently his wife. Right, his lady. And yeah, they left Brooklyn. They moved to Tannersville. They have a company that they're starting that they believe in. The my best friend's dad had a house there, uh, but his dad owns a restaurant and owns the establishment that the restaurant's in. So yeah. he sleeps there. Got it. There's an apartment above, so there was a family house just sitting there. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? Fuck paying rent. He's gonna fuck Brooklyn, even though he loved it. He's like, let's go to Tannersville. Wow. Let's stack our chips. Let's yeah. work. Let's work on our company, and then we'll make moves. So that's what they're doing, and Good I just think them. it's such a mature thing you don't hear a lot of people doing that because you're always just trying to catch up i think for the most part yeah they're trying to create something yes new and i think that's them. beautiful wait a minute let's go back to the smoking thing yeah i didn't know that you smoked cigarettes yeah fucking gross how did you quit because that's they say like quitting there's cigarettes a good story are, behind it how'd you quit do you want to hear the story duh why do you think i'm asking i promise Hello. i promise it's a quality okay, story you're gonna me. like this fucking story as i used to occasionally like in college and law school, I would have a smoke here and there. Like, you know, if I was gambling in the casino or have whiskey and a cigarette, I was like, let's use some craps. And, you know, there's nothing like a cigarette and like a whiskey, you know, they go, it's like a marriage. But 
It's not good for you. So I stay away from that now. But I want to hear about I it. I never thought I'd hear that last sentence come out of your mouth. Okay. Uh, this is a really good story, actually. Um, when I got, my wife doesn't smoke. Okay. And she thinks it's fucking disgusting. And she should. It is. Yeah. Um, I love this woman. You know how much I love I her. Do. Actually, look, I just, She's your after lady. we're, March is 16 years. I just tatted her initials there I and put like a little that. heart there. Oh, beautiful. So it's on the inside of my finger. Um, so I tried to quit for her. I couldn't. Then I said, when I have my baby, I'm going to quit. I tried. I couldn't. Then I said, when I have my next baby, I'm going to try. I tried and I couldn't. So it just got to the point where I was just like, you know what? There's no fucking way I'm going to quit. I can't quit. Yeah. I think it's disgusting. I don't even like it anymore. I don't like the way I smell. I don't like what it does to my breath. I don't like what it does to my teeth. Like, I always have this anxiety that I'm going to die from cancer. Why am I doing this to myself? But I couldn't stop. It's addiction. Right. So my dad, who's a great guy, Mm. uh, he's been in the real estate business 60 years. Wow. Um, He's been an antique dealer for almost 60 years. And uh, as long as I can remember, my dad drank. And he is... He was a very uh, functional alcoholic, not like mm. the type that like you know beats you or says nasty no, things or makes you feel bad. there's a lot of functional yeah. alcoholics. Just like you know, he drank. That's yeah. it. He drank and it made that him feel was good. His thing. Yeah. yeah. So my dad got sick, uh, you know, just a while ago, like two and a half years ago, like when I right yeah. before I quit smoking, just like thirty days before. Yeah. And the doctor was like, "Yo, if you don't stop, you're fucked. You're gonna die." So. I knew the only way that I can get myself to stop was to only put myself in a position where I couldn't. So I called my dad. And by the way, throughout the years as a child, you know, I'd be like, Dad, please, you know, don't drink. I love you. You know, especially when you're younger, you're so sensitive. You're scared. Yeah. Yeah. So I cried to him like, stop, don't do it. But long story short, I call him up on the phone one day and I'm like, yo, dad, I was like, you want to make a deal? And he's like, what kind of a deal? I said, how about I save your life, you save my life? He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I said, if you stop drinking, I'll stop smoking. Meaning, if you have a drink, I'm going to have a cigarette. But if you want, let's make a deal and let's just save each other's lives. Uh, So he's like, I love it. He's like, when do you want to start? I said, well, uh, let's meet in seven days because I wanted to like smoke my brains out and like get it out <laughs> of my system. Let me get a carton out. Yeah, because he wanted to hug it out. <laughs> Let me. Yeah, he wanted to hug it out. So I said, "All right." I yeah. said, "Dad, I'll come to your house on Friday. We'll hug that shit out." Wow. So I go to his house that Friday. Yeah. Smoked my fucking brains out all week. Jesus. He's like, "Give me the pack. Give me the lighter. I give him the lighter. I give him the pack. He takes the rest of my camel lights. He breaks them in half." And he throws it in the garbage. Camel lights was your thing? Yeah. Oh, I, I like menthol. So it's been uh, over two and a half. I used to back in the day. So what, it's, did you, what did you smoke? Newport lights. Of course you did. Newport's worth <laughs> Sorry. I, I smoke Newport's. You do? Yeah. You smoke, I, no, Lee? No I, no, I smoked. Okay. All right. But wait a minute. Dan, back to you, Danny. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say I would accent with Newports once in a while. Okay. I, I, you got to have that menthol in you. Yeah. All right. So having said that, both myself and my father, my father hasn't drank in over two and a half years, and I haven't had a cigarette in over two and a half years. So what can I punch? That's oh. the story. That's oh the God. story. That's, you know, and you have cravings at all? Like, tell me. I crave it more so now than almost in the beginning. Um, it was really challenging, obviously, over People used COVID. to like their cigarette and coffee in the morning. Dude, my friends, when we go out, they fuck with me, you know, because they, they smoke. No, people have those electronic smoking things now. My friends, right? those, yeah, yeah. My friends, it's crazy. I've never met anybody like this. The brothers, yeah, they can each smoke. They can have a pack and like not smoke for months. Like they just, they've been yeah. for years. This is what they've done. They're not addicted. Yeah, so they smoke in my Very face. Very different. Yeah, yeah that's just I, I was like that. I'm not a, like I wasn't. Yeah. But you're out of it. Don't you feel better without those cigarettes in your lungs? Definitely. I smell good. I feel good. It's I so bad good, for you. Yeah. Smoking and it is a disgusting. I don't know if you remember the Seinfeld episode when George tried to pretend he was a smoker so Susan would break up with him, which is hilarious. <laughs> but everything is like a Seinfeld skit. But I'm glad you quit smoking. Are you into Larry David also? I love Curb. I like the earlier ones. Yeah. Different type of show, but I love, you know, Larry David is like, he's hilarious. Yeah. He's, I think he picked it up this season from last season. Yeah, he's though. better. He's This season is pretty good. He's got Tracy Allman on. Yeah. 
you know, that sounds I love awesome. that you noticed that. I'm like, I told my girl, I'm like, yo, he bought in Tracy Ullman. She's like, who's that? I'm like, you don't know who Tracy Ullman is? Anybody like, who know, like for me, like anybody who knows me knows that comedy is like my fa- one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. I know all the comedians. I know who I love. And so, yeah, Tracy Ullman is brilliant. She's like in the Carol Burnett level. Like she's like so 100%. Sm- so good. 100%. She's up there. She's up there. And we recently just lost Betty White. How sad. I know. She was almost 100, right? I know. I know. Oh, she was, she so was cool. a she was she lived a long healthy life and yeah. so you know that's another thing life is precious we're all not going to be here guys forever so that's why again make it worthwhile live in the present moment take care of people I just love your passion yeah man listen i'm i know mom i'm exhausted i don't know why people want to live so long i'm like i'll be ready to go when it's time i'm tired let me ask you a question i want to ask you a personal question has your schedule like affected family life at all because uh, is it more demanding now? You know, it's it is. I have to tell you, it is very demanding. It's like I'm. I'm sometimes I don't get home until like nine o'clock from the office. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that I love going to work. So it's not like I'm like oh I'm in I'm like in jail. I can't wait to get to the office, and I love working. So it's kind of I have to discipline myself to like cut it off and like do other things. Yeah. Do you are your kids like old enough now where they're just like cool with it because they kind of have their own lives? Yeah. My daughter's a sophomore at Berkeley in Boston and wow. she's in Spain right now visiting her grandparents and she's just the bomb. She's amazing. Uh, I've seen pictures of her on your gram. She she's is, so fucking cute. She's, I think she's your twin. She's way better. She's a million times smarter, better than me. I wish I could be like her. And my son is 16 and you know I shared with you he's in this program called True North. He's in the wilderness mm-hmm. right now. We ripped him out of 11th grade to get him in a better spot and he's making progress we went to see him a few weeks ago kid is just so smart and so good his name is jake he's doing he's gonna be fine did he miss you a lot like did he He did i mean i hugged him i couldn't stop you know letting go of him he's just like such a beautiful kid and sometimes you know i i just i get very sad i'll get emotional i miss him we used to share like music he used to be like mom check this out you know i miss just like his his vibe you know but he's gotta i have to put him first not me selfishly i'd like to keep him at home and keep him with me but you know that hard choices easy life easy choices hard life you got to make hard choices if you want life to be what you want easy choices is keeping it easy keeping him at home blah 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 but then he'd be all messed up so it's like breaking up with somebody when you know it's not a good relationship yeah but it's easy to stay because you're like uh i don't want to go through it you gotta sometimes push. You gotta yeah. do it. You gotta do the right thing. I think for I told kids. you I have an uncle. He had that situation, and um, yeah, he sent his, his son, kid, his son, yeah, uh, but came back a different person in a good way. In a good in a way, po- like a positive, good way. That's you know? the thing. You gotta do. Like kids are like trees, and sometimes they like go this way. They tilt. Yeah. You gotta. You gotta bring them back to the place, so at yeah. least they they're headed in the right direction. It's the so rest to is navigate. up to them. It's really just you know such a challenge to navigate. My kids are like fourteen, and my youngest soon to be twelve. You know, yeah, they're little. They're still younger. Yeah. I have set, I have nineteen and sixteen. You'll see, and girls are a little different. Yeah, I mean, you have you. They're in sports, and they're yeah. But listen, dude, we've we've gone to places where we're laughing, where we're having a good time. We've also gone to places where we're crying and it's where hard. we're yelling, and where we feel like, God, like I'm the worst parent in the world. You know, I think we all go through that. Ninth and it's just grade so challenging. is particularly cha- challenging. I found it hard for both of my kids. Shit. Ninth grade is hard also because 14 is awkward. You're still not sure where you fit in. You're trying to figure out your how you look. It's just so many. And today with social media and all your friends, it's it's intense. I would not want to be a teenager today. So the other day, I'm out with my daughter Lexi, yeah. my older one, and she, you know, we, you know, every once in a while, we like to go out and just spend some time, just me and her together. So we were out, and uh, she's like, "Daddy, I got to tell you something." I'm like, "What's up?" She's like, "I have a boyfriend." Ooh. Yeah. Uh oh. That's what we call tea. She's got some tea. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. You know, I was really happy. Like she shared that with me. For the most part, she like usually like tells me like important things, like whether they're good or bad. I think she just wanted to see my reaction was, but I was like, I was like, that's really cool. Anyway, she broke some rules recently. Yeah. And so she lost her phone. Uh, For three weeks, like we learned how to do the uh, blocking the screen time stuff. So um, her boyfriend texts me 
This is the point of my story. What? And he's like, hey, he's like, you know, you know, people deserve second chances. And, you know, with three week punishments, really long. It should be five days. And I know he did not. No, I swear to God. And then he's like, you know, he's like, he's like, I know she's gotten in trouble. But now now I'm her boyfriend. He texts to me. He goes, and now I'm father. Yeah. And he's like, I'll make sure I'll take care of it. And at first, I looked at this. I was like, yo, the fucking balls on this fucking kid texting. I look at my wife. I was like, yo. I was like, Lord, come over here. Read this fucking text. This fucking kid's crazy, right? So I calmed down, and I sent him a nice text back. I said, you know what? Thank you so much for your kind and sweet words. Uh, you know, it's really nice. I look forward to meeting you, and I, and I hope to see you soon. And uh, I was like, I'll think about what you good said. Good for you. And I said, uh, really thank good. you, right? So I sent a text back. A lot back. of parents would not have responded as such. So listen, I sent a text back. Mm. Initially, I'm bugging out. But then I was like, you know what? I like the fact that the kid had the fucking balls to, like, say he wants to see his girl and, like, you know, spend some time with her and, like, say, hey, this isn't yeah. fair. I was like, you know what? That's cute. I'm going to put myself in this position. Yeah. I dig that. I wouldn't personally have done that to my girlfriend's parents. Yeah. And, you know, he writes on the thing, uh, on the text, he writes, Sincerely, Sam, Lexi's boyfriend. So then I ended my email, Sincerely, uh, no, Sincerely, Mr. Nassie, Lexi's dad. I'm not down with that bullshit first name shit. Not with the boyfriend. So Mr. That, Nassie. Right. So he gets this text back, right? So I'm laughing my ass yeah. off at this point. Lauren's laughing her ass off. So fucking five, seven minutes later, fucking kid texts me back again. I had just started liking him, and I haven't met him yet. Just started liking him. I'm like, kid's got balls. Respect. I'm going to like this kid. He sends me back some more shit, getting even more aggressive. Yeah. And then I got, I was like, oh, this is a little bit red flaggish. Yeah. I'm like, this is fucking weird. So anyway, I respond back to him. I keep it short. And I'm like, listen, this is what it is. She's 14. Yeah. I'm like, go on your way. Dating go- for like a week. So anyway, he, now he's scared because he thinks that he rubbed me the wrong way, which he did, and I told my daughter Who he did. Who is this child? I don't know. I don't know what 14. Is he 14, too? I think he just turned 15. I mean, that's like, I don't know. He's got some Superman strength to do that. That's some what balls, kid, right? What kid, 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid would reach out to his <laughs> girlfriend's dad? It would just be like... You know why? Because she didn't have her phone. So and I, what? I let her text him Big to deal. be like, hey. Yeah, I know. But that's the problem is that these kids, if without their phone, they're, they like pant... I've seen kids like break things, go crazy. Like, you you know what? That's not good. You need to learn that that's not the most important yeah. thing. My daughter like screams to the top of her lungs if you take her phone. Like, it's I know, embarrassing. The kids, I've seen that with my niece. She, my brother has to sometimes and she goes crazy like her world is coming to an end yeah, it's insane. and i'm like come on that the, shows that you're too addicted to it i think the neighbor's gonna call the cops on me at some point <laughs> it's like bloody murder i know <laughs> and i'm like big i'm tall i'm brown i'm bald Mr. so nasty i look like someone who might be abusive you know what i'm saying so like they're probably thinking i'm beating the he shit out of my daughter you. you should be like yeah <laughs> listen sam see you on the corner in five minutes sam i'm gonna be like sam you treat my daughter right or i'm gonna have somebody deliver you oh. in a trunk to me <laughs> you're gonna be sleeping with the fishes sam <laughs> <laughs> sam 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 wow sam i am all right, all right. so listen um this has been really fun. I mean, Nass, this is just nice to sit down and catch up with you, see that you're back. Danny Nassie is back and in full form. He's not messing around. He's here. Um, he's serious. He's reflective. He's healthy, not smoking. He's in dad mode. He's in park slope. <laughs> Life is good. He feels blessed. He's happy. He's shining. You know what? He's my brother. I love him, and I'm really grateful for our friendship. I, I love you too and I'm grateful for your friendship also I really and am I mean that I swear you know every time I hang out with you it's like doing a bump of coke because you just you don't want to stop you oh know what God. I'm saying I've never done that I I've love hanging out cocaine. with you who said I did I'm just saying it's like if you did a bump of coke you just can't stop doing it you read about it I read about I it I studied that I looked at that I saw a YouTube video on it I don't even know if it was real but my understanding is it's like Lay's potato chips. You can't just have Oh, one. yeah, that's right. Lay's, it's hard to stop with those chips because they're salty. Who doesn't like French fries, though? If I had to say my favorite food is a French fry. Shut up. That's my favorite no, food. No, French, anybody who really knows me knows that fries come with every haul. Every time we go, I goes up, oh, she's going to order fries. I love French fries. That's my favorite food. No so, bullshit. Swear to God. Not McDonald's either, like the good ones. Yeah, I like all kinds of fries, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I wouldn't turn it down, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, fries are fries, bro. Fries are fries. Yes. So on that note, French fries for show. <laughs> no cocaine for show. No, co- 
yourself. Who? I mean, drugs. Come on. We have to take. We're all in like wellness and taking care of ourselves, yeah. right? Yeah. And and being good to each other, right? Yes. As J. Cole said, what did he, what's his line? He said, "What's money without happiness and hard times without the people you love?" That's that's it. That's life. That's it. J. Cole is the poet of our time. I think. I love J. Cole. I saw him at a a game, a Knicks game. If you, like last year, I think I went and he was across the way and I was like, I didn't, my son introduced me to who he is. I love his music. I recently, yeah. I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but yeah. I recently got very heavy into Mac Miller. Have you ever listened to him? I know he's the, he passed away, right? Yeah. My kid, my son likes him. Dude, he came on my radar like several months ago. I can't stop listening to really? him. I don't even, I don't even like to call him a rapper. He's his own genre. Really? Really? I have to check him out. I don't um, never listen to this. Lee, have you listened to him? Yes. I you think, like him? Yes. I think you should. Really? Mac Miller. I Send me a song of his that you like. And I'm going to give you two albums right now. I'm not going to Don't send give you one. me albums. I won't listen to the listen whole thing. I need one or two songs. Listen to me. Listen. I'm just telling you the truth. Dude, this album that I'm going to send you called Swimming, Okay. beginning to end, you don't even have to touch it. You don't even want to. Every right. fucking song on there is like you want to, you want to vibe Swimming. Out. You know that one, Lee? I'm not good with titles. But Lee likes it. Okay, uh, Lee likes Mac Miller. That's who we like is Mac. I, I like all his stuff. Yeah. Wow. I like all, all right. Stuff. I'm so, serious. All right. It's crazy, but probably like for me, like top five, top six ever. Wow. I'm taking it to that level. Okay. I got to check him out. All right. So having said that, guys. All right. Yes. Peace out. We are back in the studio. and back uh, in the stew. I feel so good. I feel like I'm home, and I feel like I miss this so much, and I feel like... I want to do this all the time. You're going to. You better show up big time. I want to. I want some interesting, good podcasts in the future. I want to hear your interviews. I want to see what you got next. I'm waiting. Fine. Thank you for making time because you always do. My pleasure. If people want to come check you out online, yeah. where should they go to find you? Um, where should they? Do go? Do you want to give your gram out? Your Instagram. Um, that's. Well, they're not. It's Reina de NYC, which is Queen of New York in Spanish. Porque yo hablo español perfectamente, <laughs> sabes? But um, they can. I'm at Brown Harris Stevens. You know, they know where to find me. All right. Listen, if you want to know who Bess is, go to Google. Oh, God. Please. And just Google her. Who says those sorts of things? I don't know. Lame ass people that are out no, there that Google. Just come, you know. Do you know I never Google people? Like people That's tell me like all the people time. People always go, "Did you Google me?" It's like, "No, oh my god." I've never Googled anyone, and yeah. I refuse to do that for clients. That's another conversation for another. Yeah, time. I think you have that in your next whoever you're interviewing. You guys need to dig into some of that. All right, stuff. we can dig into that. I like that you're not lame like that. That's no. a very lame thing to do, by the way. What? By and saying, I'm the one Google who said, me? "Yeah." People who say that you're already like, "Ooh, insecure." Yeah. Insecure. For me, it's a, you're insecure. A, it's kind of douchey, right? It's just like you know what, people. It's. We could and talk also, forever. Whatever. All right, Lee, we need to close it down, send love, light, and happiness, and inner peace to everybody, Danny. Go for it. And by the way, I am back on social media. I literally have 20 followers for the one that's going to be public, and it's called Nasty Podcast. So if you want to get at me, that's well, where gotta, you can do that. Got to check that out. Is that up now? It's up now. Okay, I'm going to go find that. And I just want to say thank you, and we'll see you on the next Thanks, one. Thanks, Nas. Happy New Year, guys. Happy Let's bring New it Year. in 22. Yup, yup. You, you know what to do. I love you, B. Love you, Nas. Love.